It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast, where we explore the omni-channel journey of brands and retailers. I'm your co-host, PVSB, and today I'm joined by my dear friend and the newest addition to the CPG Guys Enterprise. He's the founder of Confluencer Commerce and, according to Rethink Retail, a top retail influencer yeah. of 2023. It's a very prestigious and elite group. Well, that's because you're part of it now. So well, that's, that's why. <laughs> I wasn't because you were part of it. But of course, I'm talking about my friend, Brian Gildenberg. Brian, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. It has been a pleasure, uh, pleasure hoofing around NRF with you over the last, uh, in the last few days and hours here. So I know we're here at uh, the National Retail Federation big show. Yes. In New York City. It's on the west side of Manhattan. 
and it's right there in the logo behind yep. us. And uh, what a big show it is, right, Brian? It is a big show. Um, so than last year, because we went last year and uh, pandemic scares. It was I could hear the, the it, birds chirping. It was a it, it was a midsize show. Midsize so. show. Right. It was a pick your own car size show. But this is a this is a legitimately big. The the floor is crowded. Um, there's a lot going on. A lot going on here. A lot of buzz. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, it's been great to be here. Well, before we get to our very special guests, I want to remind our audience to visit cptguys.com where you can find links to our podcast on major podcast platforms. And if you're not already doing so, right. please follow us on LinkedIn where we publish new content. How many days a week, Brian? Uh, we publish it every day, don't That's we? seven, or is the Beatles, if it, if it were the Beatles, yeah, it, 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 it would be eight days a week. Yes. So. Uh, and that, that includes the weekends, which is really great. Yes. And we're also very mm-hmm. proud be sponsors of Next Up, formerly Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. Of course, the digital liner notes of this episode contain hyperlinks to our site, mm-hmm. our LinkedIn page, and of course, our landing page on Next Up's site. So, Brian, let's get to the main event, shall we? Okay. Uh, I think we both agree the hottest area of growth right now is retail media, be it on-site, off-site, or even in-store. Brands, both endemic, selling products through retail sites. We have to define with the CPG guys. We try to yeah. bring it, bring people along and non-endemic, right? Brands seeking to reach those retail audiences, mm-hmm. uh, though they may not sell through that platform. You know, it's, they're re- rapidly reallocating all of their marketing budget dollars uh, to account for the phenomenal growth in retail media. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, the pandemic had a massive acceleration effect on the adoption of e-commerce in the grocery space further fueling the rise of retail media. Here to talk with us about all the big news in retail media capabilities at their grocery retailer, our two prior guests, back for their second visit for the CPG guys. Do we tell do we tell them that when they get the five visits, they get the uh, they get the they do they get, the, they get the jacket. <laughs> they get them up with smoking jacket, Tom Hanks comes but, the, but not humid <laughs> though. Like this is the fourth time the retail has appeared. Right. Because if if it if it's the fifth time, I think we know who's gonna get the jacket. <laughs> I think we know who's gonna, who's gonna get the jacket. Very rarely call rank, but this right, time exactly. it's like, I want the jacket. <laughs> um, all right. With, so you're, with you're, great power Chris, you can put right. responsibility. So, but now they have something to aspire to, right? So that's the good news. Uh, please join Brian and me in welcoming back to the podcast from Albertson's Media Collective, Christy Argelin, Senior Vice President of Retail Media, and Evan Avorka, Head of Products and Innovation. Christy, Evan, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being partners from the beginning. Uh, Brian, uh, did you know that, like me, uh, Evan here, he's a Canadian expat? Oh, super. We can. Get- I know. We do our <laughs> hockey when we're after the first episode. I'm like, I see little original hockey logos in the light above your head. (laughs) Which is amazing, because that probably from the 70s when it was like the original... Beyond the original six, but before yeah. the league really blew up. Yeah. So really it's good like the attention to detail. I yeah. So I are you a Poutine Canadian or a Tim Hortons Canadian? So <laughs> oh I grew up on uh, the Tim Hortons. <laughs> there we go. But I, I played hockey all through high school. Loved it. Yeah. Love that Peter's got that connection. Yeah. Too. We're, and, uh, Canadians were insidious. We're kind of like root beer. Before you know it, you love us. And then we're in. You <laughs> <laughs> can't get rid of us. <laughs> Stay tuned for our follow-up podcast. Canadians are like root beer. Come on. Uh, 
<laughs> but enough, enough of our humor. Uh, before we get to our questions, Christy, why don't you remind us about what Albertsons Media Collective is and what your role in the organization is? Sure. So Albertsons Media Collective is a reasonably new offering in the marketplace. We opened for business on March 1st of 2022, which um, the beauty of March 1st is it's the beginning of our fiscal year. Mm. And I... Uh, Prior to March, uh, the retail media practice, also, I guess, more appropriately called shopper marketing, yeah. was outsourced, yep. and it was called Albertson's Performance Media. So the collective is our in-housing of retail media and making a commitment to it as a strategic priority for the company. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? So you wanted to know my background. Yeah. Uh, so I am the senior vice president of retail media at Albertsons. I oversee the business. Uh, I've got Evan here who is. You get first dips on all the varsity jackets. I get all first dips on all the varsity jackets. <laughs> Evan is Seems part of unfair. my leadership team. Right. Uh, and uh, prior to being here, uh, the other place where I did retail media was at Target building Ramdell. Okay, very good. Outstanding, Evan. And uh, apart from what I assume is team penalty killer, what is uh, what's your role? <laughs> I do play enforcer, especially at events like this. I like it. Christy's got some popularity. Yeah, the Marty McSorley of Collective. My elbow is still. Yeah, I can get some oomph behind it. I like it. Outside of that, when I'm not playing security guard, I do build a product with Christy and our team, and so. We, um, you know, we have an in-house strategy. So my role is is really how do we want to bring ad tech and partnerships and in-house staff to to bring uh, the newest retail media network to life. And so that's my vision. That's terrific. Well, thank you. And to our audience, please refer back to the digital liner notes of this podcast episode. You'll find links to Christy and Evans' LinkedIn profiles, Albertsons Media Collective's LinkedIn page, and of course uh, their uh, open website where you can learn more about it. Uh, it explains how brands can engage with the millions of Albertson shoppers that fuel Albertson's media collective. Yeah. So that's terrific. Uh, so why don't we get to the questions that we have? We're here, uh, as I mentioned, at uh, NRF 2023. So all sorts of things going on. But Christian, let's look back at 2022. It was a pretty monumental year for retail media growth. I don't think anyone can argue that. From your perspective, how did Albertson's Media Collective offerings and approach drive brand investment and activation? You know, what resonated from your perspective with the offerings to the brand partners and agencies that you saw coming to you? Yeah, I think that um, probably first and foremost, what the brands were really excited about is that we were, um, prior to us being, being uh, they weren't really able to leverage the growth potential that you can see at a retailer when you actually um, participate in the retail media network. And so uh, every most of our key partners were recognizing that this was a growth lever that was underplayed okay. and that they uh, really wanted to participate more actively in uh, running programs through okay. Albertson's retail media offering. Um, so that was a key piece. Some of the other things, though, that we heard, because we were a late mover to the table, yep. uh, we were actually entering the marketplace looking for feedback, understanding yeah. what's been working with retail media and what hasn't. And we heard a couple of things that were really important to us. So they were missing merchant integration. Uh, and, you know, so, okay, <laughs> let's bring, you know, so we are very purposeful with uh, bringing our merchants to the table as much as we can. Uh, they were also feeling like a lot of retail media networks are feeling entitled. 
So, you know, give us, give us, give us a certain percentage of sales versus earning it. Um, so we're really uh, mindful of um, earning the investment that they make with us versus, you know, attaching a percent of sales to what they actually give back to us. And then the final thing, which will be an agenda item for us in 23, is standardization. Every one of us is different. We're yeah. all snowflakes. And as I heard one of Not our, to be confused with company snowflakes. Which is a data integration. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's an entire software company. Trademark infringements. We are customers of theirs as well. Yeah, excellent, excellent company. I do But so what's happening is that we had one key partner say to us, we can't hire enough people to manage all the differences in each of you. Um, yeah, right. So our complexity is becoming a problem. Right. for a lot of our key partners. So what are we going to do about that? Okay. Yeah, we'll, and we'll, come, we'll come back to that later. But I guess, that, so that's the don'ts list. Evan, from a, from your point of view as you were building the product out, were there things that you saw people doing in the marketplace that inspired you positively? Things that you thought that were really interesting that you either felt like you really needed to replicate or wanted to build on? Yeah. Yeah, we... You know, we've been in this game for a while um, at a previous retailer. And so I've been around CPG's requests for access to data, access to audience, really just give us more control and more autonomy. And so that learnings really carried over into our product vision and it shows up in the things we bring to market. And there's subtle differences between some of our products and then drastic differences in some of our products. Um, the trade desk one I talked about last time I was here, we want to bring our assets in a safe responsible way to the places where the CPGs are already playing. So if they've got a deep, long-running relationship with an agency, like an OMG, and they're you know going gangbusters on CTV, why don't we just show up and help, right? We can be in service of that relationship. That's not all we'll do, but we can we can give them that while we build out something different that together. That's faster adoption, right? It's faster adoption. Yeah. And, you know, our, we don't have to build out as deep of a CTV team in that case. We can just go to the places where it's happening. So we see that as frictionless product in action. And it also demonstrates to the CPGs that we have been listening and here's how we're responding. So it gets really well received. The key to that too, and one of our secret weapons is that we're super fast. Yeah. We have a really strong engineering capability in our company. We can oh, yeah. turn things around. In fact, I, I joke, I have to be careful what I ask for because <laughs> I'll get it and I'll have it in three weeks and I'll be like, oh, I thought that was going to take a year. <laughs> so it's, uh, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that we can move that quickly is a real advantage too. And I think it surprises some of our, our CPGs and our partners. Actually, uh, other uh, media partners come to us mm -hmm. because they know that we can turn things really fast. Yeah. Uh, I would just throw one more thing yeah. on top of that. It's really the empathy and compassion that I think Christy brings to the leadership side of it, but that shows up in the meetings with partners. So I think there's the fiscal value in working with a retail media network, and that's fine, and that'll drive some relationships. But we bring the icing to that cake, which is we're fun to work with. We want to partner. We want to be respectful and responsible and show up in the places where we're going to shine bright. And then we'll take a backseat in the places where a Pinterest might shine bright or an agency. And that lets them bring their value when we take that whole package to a CPG. And it's hard to do that if you come into the room with a sense of entitlement. Yes. That right right there sets the tone and nothing you're going to do is going to change that. Yes. Uh, yes. Without fun changing the fundamental entitlement issue. So Albertsons Media Collective has recently announced a number of strategic partnerships we think designed to enhance your platform's capabilities. Let's start with your new partnership you mentioned earlier on the Common Media Group and the trade desk. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what does this entail and why should brands be excited about this partnership? Yeah. I 
So this one is a perfect example of frictionless inaction. We wanted to work with um, our leader in a channel where we didn't have dominance yet. CTV yeah. is, is an area where we think we have value, but we don't deliver the whole package. And I'm not sure an RMN has to. So introduce Omnicom. They're great in that space. They've already got the conversations with inventory providers, with hands-on keyboard executors, and even creative, right? Those are big, tough problems that we could try to solve in-house and mark it up and, and add a lot of lead time. Um, but we decided to partner. So they're looking for what we're good at, audience measurement, the closed loop incremental ROAS for CTV, right? Who would have thunk? Um, and we can deliver that to the CPG faster by letting them show up with the things they're great at. We show up with the things we're great at, package it up. So now we're, that's how we're going to approach CTV. We may not do that with every channel, but it starts there and it starts with OMG. And it's been a fun, fast-moving relationship. Um, we'll get to see that live and in action this year. And I think CPG's benefit from it for the first time they'll see skew level incremental ROAS on their CTV investment. And if you look at CTV growth versus retail media growth, we're the two fastest yeah, growing yeah. media yeah. channels out there. The, and the yeah. fundamental um, struggle for CTV has been measurement. Yes. And so we're we're in all of these conversations and we're like, well, we can we can solve that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a real lean into a problem for a really important channel. I have to imagine that for you as a grocery retailer and the frequency of purchases and the volume yeah. of purchases gives you that very rich purchase behavior data to actually measure. Like it's really hard to do that against a home improvement DIY retailer or, a, or, or exactly someone that sells uh, yeah RVs. Yeah. Right, they, they buy once and they don't come back for five years. That's right. not a, that one data point is not a is not a trend. No. So the fact that you have very frequent purchases. Your most loyal shoppers are in there three times a week. They're, yes. they're yes. spending more than $1,000 a month. I mean, it's just some some big dollars. That means you've got really great measurement tools. Well, yeah, and being, yeah. and I, the, the woo, I was, I was at Omnicom before I joined these guys. So, uh, so, and I know so much of the work around trying to improve the media experience in CTV isn't just about measurement of purchase, but it's even just about basic things like the duplicated reach and frequency and all the other pieces in there. So being able to bring that whole model to the, to bring it, elevate that model, it's a really interesting way to think about retail media, which is not just as a place to sell more groceries, but as a place to improve the overall media ecosystem. Uh, no, you guys touched on two interesting things. Um, CPG feedback for us on yeah, CTV. Took till episode four I think to we're get done there. For January, <laughs> I can go home. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, we interrupted uh, you. <laughs> good interruption. <laughs> feedback has been frequent on the price of, C of CTV, yeah, and yeah. so introduce a traditional retail media market. Uh, markup, it's it's going to be challenging for yeah. a soft drink provider to really play in that space with us. Yeah. Okay, well, let's honor that feedback. Let's still be successful in CTV with them, but go to the places that have that scale and that um, rate card that yeah. works for their model, yeah, exactly. and we'll just help them cherry pick inventory. We'll help them measure the stuff they do buy, right. um, and maybe that evolves into something bigger and deeper down the road, so we get to learn without having to do the whole thing. Right, but but the other thing you hit on, the frequency of that, you know, yeah. as we, we'll be talking clean room, I'm sure with you, yes. episode five, episode seven, nine, wherever that takes us. <laughs> clean room. Do we have Two to order jackets. the jackets? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you think Claire, you yeah. Might yeah. Get one of yeah. you think, you think Claire isn't going to be standing in line? <laughs> She'll be so if jealous. About, if you don't know about clean rooms five times, you get a room. The hype cycle on clean room is almost burnt out, but <laughs> there is true value in pieces of it. And yes. it is around, data sets that have yeah. high refresh rates. All right. Yeah. So not only is it that three times a week, 
the penetration of our loyalty program is so strong at Albertsons, and it's the same loyalty program that sits across all of our 14 banners. Right. And so it's a, almost a 90% identification of in-store transactions. And everything we talk about, you know, we don't necessarily call it out specifically. Our measurement starts with stores, right? Sure, it's, yeah. it's a digital, it's a seamless connection between digital and store because of that high frequency and high penetration of identity. And that then powers everything because you not only did you see them a lot in the history of that relationship, so you know their brand loyalty, price affinities, you're going to see them a whole bunch more in the future. Okay. So that predictability, that predictability then can pay off because you're going to see and record and measure so frequently and so fast. So that's one of the things, um, positive feedback for us is the speed of our measurement. We see that trip happen very quickly and it volumes that get us to stat sig much faster. And you know what? There are very few retail media networks that actually have that frequency of refresh of the data. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a real important thing for the industry to pay attention to because yeah. there's yeah. some rapid growth happening in a couple of key areas, but the database that it's built off of yeah, it's yeah. Not as frequency robust. of shopping doesn't matter if the data gets updated quarterly. It doesn't matter right. if the constantly shop. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. that gets lost a little bit. Or it's only a couple of purchase. Yes. Uh, purchase. Arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not <laughs> yes. all of them. Yes. Right. Cherry pick. Awesome. Yeah. So a uh, couple of other partnerships that you guys have forged. Love to hear a little bit more about. Um, one ones with live ramp on the whole, you know, to to round out the clean room, the, the clean room excitement, and the, but the other one is Pinterest, and uh, I don't know which one you want to start with, but the Pinterest one's fascinating it's because Pinterest has always seemed to be to be a wonderful media asset that desperately needed a conversion moment to yeah. really bring it to life, and the live ramp thing would be cool as well. So I don't know which which or both. What would you like to take? You go ahead. Okay. A lot of pressure on. Um, well, we can answer both in, in, in this one. So LiveRamp is a key partner in the Pinterest partnership. Um, and that's why we move so quickly, right? So Pinterest reached out to us, again, hitting on that empathy and compassion side. We're, we're not their biggest investor yet, uh, as far as RMNs go. But we are a very fast-moving, empathetic partner. So we got chosen to be their alpha for the first clean room closed-loop measurement product. And that is just the tip of the iceberg, right? You can imagine that turns into audience and optimization and other fun things. But right now we're committed to doing measurement. It's sitting in a live ramp clean room. So safe haven is the, the way to protect. And um, it's exactly what you mentioned. We want to extend our measurement into things that aren't owned by Albertsons, social platforms. And Pinterest has been by far the most progressive in sharing their insights in a safe way. So we started with them. They started with us. And I think that's just the beginning uh, of that piece. Beyond that, LiveRamp's been a platform for audience for a long time. Um, they'll, they'll be a partner with us on CleanRoom as well. Uh, I'll remind our audience that we are speaking today with Christy Arjun and Evan Avorka from Albertsons Media Collective. All right. Um, it really only matters if the brands are finding value and you are able to build win-win scenarios. So I would love to hear from you. Are there any best-in-class collaborations with brands either you can name them or you can talk about the elements of the campaign uh, that you want to highlight and what do you think made these partnerships so successful? Yeah. Do you want to start with the specific partnerships and then, because we've, we've talked about what makes for a successful partnership. Yeah. Um, so I, maybe you can give the example first and I can summarize it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're sharing anything unknown. Pepsi's good, a big investor in the sure. Super Bowl. Um We've been lucky enough to secure some investment on a, on a Super Bowl-specific strategy. Great. So we want to show up in ways that are moving beyond traditional retail media. Um, Bizarre Voice uh, has been a, a leader in that space with user feedback, customer reviews. And so we're looking to take Pepsi's Super Bowl investment beyond just display and search 
and into something more meaningful with customer feedback. Um, so those two companies, I mean, Pepsi's been progressive for many, many years. Of course, they're leaning into retail in ways that are industry leading. So very thankful for their partnership. And the Bizarre Voice has been a partner of Albertsons for a long time, but we're just starting to see the, the big ideas pop for retail media. Um, we met with them earlier today, and we're just going to see how we can accelerate beyond even their basic products into something that's co-imagined for retail, retail media. And so what we're finding, what, what is important for a good collaboration is that you've got to have that kind of transparency where things can go wrong. Uh, and mm. things can break. We're good at those things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've got that down. We talked to us. We are your strategic partners. <laughs> and that um, there's recognition that there is something, you know, we work on things that are important foundationally. Yeah. And then we really lean in with an innovation agenda. And we always bring partners to the table and collectively figure out what do you, what does each partner need to get out of that relationship in order for it to be a win for everybody. And so I think we do a really good job of balancing that and we choose partners who really want to lean in that way. It's not, they're not, no one's trying to win against the others in the, in the partner ecosystem. And so there are more interesting risks that people will take with us yeah. because it's a safer environment to try mm. to do those things. Yeah. Interesting. I'll throw one of their name out there um, that stands out. The the New Mars Agency has been exceptionally receptive yeah. and progressive with ideas that go well beyond media activation. I mean, they are deep into the weeds of what makes retail work. Shout out to our friend Ethan Goodman. Ethan's, <laughs> yeah, Ethan's Ethan. been on the calls. Those guys, they've got something special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Excellent. Good to know. Um, the, uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, how are you guys thinking about social commerce is a platform extension and uh, what are some of the things you're trying to do to bring that to life? Yeah, the, the uh, commerce media in particular is just really complicated yeah. because there's so much friction in it. Right. And so if you, uh, we think there's a ton of potential in it, um, but we also recognize it's just at the very beginning stages of it. But think about how easy the application is for food. Yeah. So recipe, branded items yep. loaded right into a shopping cart. The key yep. is which shopping cart. Yes. And how do I get that shopping cart co you know, connected to my actual shopping cart right. yep. and actually yeah. can execute yeah. that way? So mm -hmm. some social commerce is brilliant for an impulse purchase. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many pairs of shoes I've bought that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's just a pair of shoes. And for those of you listening to audio, you missed Christy's brilliant representation of pushing a shopping <laughs> cart, which would qualify her for college mom. So... Uh, <laughs> Why did we agree to do this? <laughs> Elena, how could you let us get on this podcast again? Shout out to Elena from Corporate Comms. We love her. Fool you want shame on, fool you want shame on us. <laughs> um, so, so, Christy, you were just on stage here at NRF where we're recording this, explaining how the physical store will be a significant growth driver in retail media in the next phase. Uh, would you please highlight your thoughts on this topic? Because I think for our perspective, that's one of the real powerhouses that a company like Albertsons brings to the equation. You have so many physical stores. That's where most transactions are occurring. How do you see that coming together? And how do you have that labor for advantage that you talk about? with respect to in-store retail media. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we have a lot of, it's working to our advantage because a lot of our stores are going through remodels too. And again, we have this wonderful engineering team who's always thinking about how do we continue to refine the customer experience when they're coming into our stores, going onto our site, using our app. Mm -hmm. um, where it gets tricky 
um, for us is to really think about who needs to be the hero in this customer experience. And it needs to be the food. It needs to be our store team members. It needs to be about the role that we play in the community. And if you walk around the, the floor here even, you see all kinds of cool stuff, including all this really neat, rich digital imagery. That's, shelf strips. It's moving the shelf strips. Yeah. And all of those things are really fascinating. But the question is, should should they be part of the experience or if they are where? Um, as retail media people, we could slap stuff yeah. all over yeah. the store and you it would be worse than working walking through Times Square at night yeah. um, and so trying to understand how to continue to maintain the human connection that's so important that we in the role that we play in a community and bringing technology into the experience so that we're actually enhancing the experience that you have as a customer as well where we're, yeah. we have the yin and yang I think to expand on that the real challenge right is that Consumers are omni-channel they, oh my gosh, today, yes. and when they're shopping online or they're browsing online, their access to content is uh, that helps them make decisions about what they're going to do endless. next is endless. And the question is, how do you bring an element of that in store mm-hmm. without overwhelming them? You, your yes. point is sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it creates friction if you do that rather than removing friction. So I've got to imagine that bringing that element to think about like user-generated content that helps you make decisions. If I'm buying an item, you know, I, I used to use UGC. If I think back five years, I might use it on something that was fifteen or twenty dollars in the store. It's ubiquitous now, so my expectation mm-hmm. is I look at it for a four-dollar purchase because mm-hmm. I want to know what are people are thinking about. I've got to imagine that as you think about how you bring that content into the physical store, where you know, 80, 90 percent of the sales are, that's got to be a big part of what you're trying to. Plans so. for in the future. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And where should it be? Should it be on the shelf? Should it be a big screen? Or should it be on your phone? Yeah. And, yeah. You, know, you, you said something on stage, Shayla, that's fascinating on that part because you were talking about what's more important to us isn't how cool something is, but how invisible it yeah. is. Yeah. I've never heard invisibility as a success criteria for a retail <laughs> media thing, but it's a, no, it's it's a really great right? concept. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, how do we make this as seamless as possible? So, and uh, I think there's. There's a lot of confusion right now in the world as people try to reapply the lessons of retail media from Amazon, which is an ecosystem mm-hmm. that grew up with media as part of the shopping experience. And now they're trying to drop it onto something that people have been doing for a thousand years. Um, and try, well, we can do this. It's like, well, you could, but that's not, how the, person, it's not how the person actually does this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the other thing that you're bringing up, too, is that this whole idea sometimes will be in internal conversations and it'll be the digital shopper versus the store shopper. And it's like, I, today it's, I'm not labeling myself as today I'm a digital <laughs> shopper and tomorrow I'm a physical store shopper. Yeah. It's like it's so blended and I think the retailers especially need to not have any kind of differentiation. The way I describe that is I was working with, uh, at the time, this is taking me way back. This is the mid-90s when uh, the Safeway division had ESCOM, the Safeway Category Optimization Program. I was in the very first wave of it in 1995. And I got pulled in when I was at Hearts Pet Care. And Jim Whittacombe, who was the GM of uh, HBC at, at Safeway at the time, said to me, um, I said, why are you here? You've got Purina. And he goes, Peter, people don't walk down the aisle saying, today I'm going to be buying dog food for my my dog and tomorrow I'm going to buy dog supplies. I have a dog. My dog has a need, mm-hmm. right? And I see omni-channel is very much that way. I have a need and how I will solve it will be dependent upon what are the pressures I have yes. today. 
So sometimes I'll buy it online. Sometimes I'll do curbside. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will walk into the fiscal store. Sometimes I'll go buy it. I'll I'll order my curbside. I'll go into the fiscal store and I'll talk to the order. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. And, and we just have to understand we are hybrid shoppers. And now. some days I need to just get in and out. And some I days I want to browse. Right. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as we get close to wrapping up here, Evan, love to hear from you. Come just uh, some predictions of where you think the retail uh, media industry is going to focus in the next couple of years and, uh, and what you and Albertsons Media Collective are trying to do to expand your reputation and uh, to build on that last mover advantage to continue to, to have an advantage yeah. when you're no longer the last mover. So. Yeah, exactly. We, we do talk about what is the evolution of last mover advantage, right? It doesn't go away, but it should get smarter and more educated. Right. And we are applying those learnings in some of our future looking work. It's going to come to light in 23, but one of them is standardization. So we see pain points emerging for CPGs at an alarming rate, right? Yeah. That Now they have 15 options to go work with RMNs and they've got different touch points, different KPIs, different attribution windows. And there's no reason for it, right? There are unique assets behind every retail media network, and those should be treated like snowflakes. They're special. But the way that they manifest into a media play can be standardized, right? And that makes yeah. it easier for the RMN, makes it easier for a partner like a live ramp or Pinterest to play and move right. fast. Yeah. Now they can use the same libraries for, for every clean room. And then the, RM, the CPGs don't have to think of RMNs as this big, ugly beast, right? So I think retail media needs to get smarter and work together and think of ourselves as an industry, not a bunch of silos fighting for share. Um, at some point, that we indi- measure it right. No, we measure it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. and what me- the right way to measure it is the way the CPG wants to measure it. Exactly. So yeah. give the keys the customer over. Customer is always right. Yeah, yes. that doesn't change what you charge. It's just we'll adopt that library. Yeah. If yeah. an industry can say this is our standard KPI definition, great. No skin off our back. In fact, less work for our for our engineers and product teams. Fantastic. We'll go build yeah. something else, something more special. So I think that. Is how we show up with empathy and leadership in retail. So we're going to be driving some standardization conversations in 23. Um, and But the other two answers I would say is we'll continue to push a traditional definition of RMN. You can maybe consider it RMN 2.0, where you're getting deeper into the media channels, more upper funnel, national dollars, um, linear TV planning tools, CTV planning and measurement in real time. That's, I think, a, a natural extension of where people think RMN should go. So we'll, we'll do that, and we're good at that. That's, that's kind of my job. So that'll happen. But we want to go the other direction and turn ourselves uh, inward and look at the rest of Albertsons and think like, what's going on with inventory, but not inventory at site where we can turn off an ad. What about in store? What about the distribution center? What about the suppliers before that? So and how the chain. all we have the chain, but then even store planograms or yeah. weekly ad, yeah. how do all of that get manifest into a digital asset base that can be turned into, I don't know if you, you wouldn't call them media plans. You'd call them media merchant, total CPG relationship plans yeah. and make, all of those levers malleable, right? And so now a CPG can launch a new product with us in the Midwest to that demographic group while they're hitting national uh, numbers um, with a TV play. And so we want to be kind of that seamless, frictionless partner on all aspects of our relationship, not just retail media. Yeah, I described this to a client the other day as moving from joint business planning to planning a joint business. So you're actually running a business. That's great. We might have to adopt that one. Feel free. Uh, We trademarked it. Okay, we'll We'll, we'll, we'll get it printed on Christie's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Team jacket. I think we'll have to share. I know. Sure. (laughs) Yes, Claire, we'll get you a jacket too. (laughs) There there is no jacket in team. Let me remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com to find our podcast. We're on 40 plus platforms. I don't know a platform we're not on. You can tell Alexa, hey, yeah. follow the CPG, you know, play the CPG guys. I just set off like 35 
thousand uh, Alexas around the country. People yell at me when I do that. They actually, yeah. you just set off my feet. Um, you know, really, you're welcome. Alexa. I know that too. <laughs> um, leave us a rating and review and sign up for our forthcoming industry newsletter, with, yes. which Hey-o. my colleague, Mr. Gildenberg, is going to be spearheading. Yes, spearheading and, and curating. He's also got, we're announcing very shortly, he'll have more details. We're going to launch another podcast platform yes. called CPG Guys Fast Forward. It will be hosted by Mr. Gildenberg, and it will be focused on the tech stack aspect okay. of the business. So and much more like digging. So Evan, you're probably yeah. going to, that's how you're going to get your creds up. Okay, okay. And you don't have to start from scratch like it's a different podcast and you get that jacket. <laughs> These two episodes Cumulative. count. It's like a loyalty program. They do count. I love that. Clear, the CPG Guys Fast Forward is a title not the recommendation for how to listen to it. <laughs> 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 you guys skip this episode. <laughs> yeah. Christy, Evan, thanks for taking time out of NRF to meet with us today. We I'm love really chatting with you. Yeah. You're always welcome back yeah. on the CPG guys. The pleasure. Thank, Thank you very yeah. much. Great to see you. Brian, what do you think? Well, that was fun. So, uh, yeah, well, I, okay, so um, <laughs> I laughed, I cried, four stars. It moved. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, the, I, think there's a, I think there's a few very... As, million important points in your head that are like three or four. Um, I think the entire approach around partnership, around acknowledging that there's things that transparency, things that we were going to try that aren't going to work. It's the hardest thing in the world for big companies to do. So put something new on a, put something new plan that may not work. And um, because nobody likes to do that as much as we all quote unquote celebrate failure. Nobody does. So, and so, but the, but I think the, the openness and the collaborativeness, I think is important. Um, I love the idea that people talk all the time about retail media being part of the media ecosystem now, but the ways you, the way you talked about it's the, the way it's going to engage with, you're going to engage with Pinterest and live ramp, the way you're engaging with CTV is that you're actually making the retail media ecosystem better with the retail media assets. So it's not just about making Albertsons media collective better. It's about making the media ecosystem in totality better. Um, as I called yep. it out earlier, but I love the balance that you're thinking about from a user experience point of view versus the you know, versus the intrusiveness of all the money you could make selling ads. Selling ads so, <laughs> all the money. Yeah, all, all the all things. The, all the, I mean, but I mean, you could you could do this. I mean, you could you could sell ads everywhere. But you're really thinking about what that core experience is. I think it's just. I think it's just so important, and I think the last piece is, is just the the fundamental importance of the store to the Albertsons media right. story, yeah. and how and how important the store and the merchants from the store to the to the overall story. Good summary story. of everything. I like that. That's why but we came around. And you yeah. know, I mean, it is, if you think of the talk track that's been going on about retail media right now, it's, yes. it's a profit generator for retailers. Yeah, it's all. And so you lose the what does all, it mean for everybody else? Yeah, look at all the margin. Yeah. Yeah, all the margin. It's and like then, easy, easy tiger. Don't tell retailers <laughs> they can make margin, right? Yeah. Are like, oh, isn't that nice for you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, Brian, thank you for that summary, and thanks for joining me uh, on this conversation today. Glad we got to do this here on site at NRF. That's outstanding. Yeah, so, and uh, and Christian, thank you so much for your time. It's absolutely outstanding. Absolutely. Our pleasure. All right. To our audience, thanks for joining us. We look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC 
or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.